This is Rob Long with Martini Shot for The Ankler. A friend of mine told me last week that he was fired by his lawyer, which was something I didn't know could happen since you, you don't really work for your lawyer. I mean, it's supposed to be the other way around, I think. But in this case, apparently, his lawyer was reviewing the client list and just decided that it was a little too large. And my friend didn't really give him enough business anyway. And that for some reason, this represented a burden on the small firm that necessitated their parting of ways. It's just that we have to keep the file around, the lawyer told him. And it's not like you're out there pitching and we haven't really done that much for you. So, you know, the thing is, maybe it's better if we just part ways. So he was fired as a client by his lawyer because the file, which I assume was digital and in the cloud mostly, or by the lawyer's own admission was not a very large one, but it was something that was irritating to keep looking at, I guess. Well, I told him, you always said you wanted a really amoral shark as an attorney. Yeah, he said, but not, you know, to me. And then he went on to talk some more, which I'm sure is very interesting about what what it felt like to be told essentially to get off the team, but I was not listening. I was doing what you do in Hollywood when someone tells you some bad news about themselves. I was thinking, how does this apply to me? Am I going to get fired by my lawyer? Is that even a thing? Am I going to get fired by my agent? I mean, that is a thing. Hey, agents work for you is what people with agents tell other people with agents when people with agents complain about agents. They're getting a commission. They don't get paid until you get paid, which sounds nice. And is, in fact, the way it's supposed to work, I guess. But the business has changed a lot in the past few years. And I have heard stories of writers getting calls from their agents, usually after many long months of silence from both parties, with a kind of a sad tone and a version of the lawyer's call. Something like, I just feel that right now we're in this agency at a place where we're not really useful to you and where you are in your career. But this was a lot more stand-up, I guess, than what's more prevalent, which is that Clients are fired by their agents and managers, but sort of subconsciously, without really facing the hard truth, the agent or manager just kind of makes a, an unacknowledged twilight space decision to stop representing the client or stop thinking about him or her, or just to go forward as if they were no longer connected by the contractual obligations of a legally enfranchised representative without making that awkward phone call. I mean, look, it's fun and easy to make fun of agents and managers for this kind of thing, but the truth is the clients are no better. Everyone in Hollywood with an agent knows that the rule is never fire your agent until you've got another one all lined up. Agents love to steal clients and woo clients and beat other agents at the client signing game, but if there's a client just standing there without an agent, they're suddenly a lot less attractive. Clients are like french fries, delicious when stolen hot from someone else's plate, less so when you find them in the cup holder on the driver's side of the car. So when a client gets down to the business of actually firing an agent or manager, they've been sneaking around for a while, usually after several months of phone calls and behind-the-back meetings with other choices. I'd say half of the unhappy-looking couples you see around town at lunch where one is looking around the place for someone better and the other is emotionally checked out, they're not really couples. They're just clients or agents or managers or lawyers who just haven't fired each other yet. People in businesses with clients, pretty much every gig-based section of show business, but we're used to the carousel of getting jobs and losing jobs and pitching jobs and getting replaced or replacing someone else. But lately, I've been thinking about the process of firing and being fired because I've been reading the entertainment industry news. Workplace reductions. Layoffs all over town. 
the whole business trying to squeeze into a much smaller suit size. What's normal for writers, actors, directors, wondering if your current employment is steady employment, is now normal for executives. You know, for some reason, I get an email every week or so that's an update of who works where in the TV business, though mostly these days it's who used to work where in the TV business. But in the most recent email, 21 people were listed, 10 of them, almost half were listed as something along the lines of pursuing other opportunities. Some were even more honest, pursuing other opportunities due to corporate restructuring. And this is troubling, and my sympathies to everyone who is now out pursuing those other opportunities, but of course it isn't really new. I mean, this kind of contraction happens with predictable regularity. Media companies get big and combine and spend money and then lose money and get small and break up, and this is sort of what they do over and over and over again. Like that friend who gains 20 and then discovers intermittent fasting and then loses 20 and then gains it again and discovers Ozempic. You know that person. Always either on the way up in belt size or on the way down never just right. This, as Lee Strasberg tells Al Pacino in Godfather 2 with that series of weird little snorts, is the business we've chosen. Once I was working on a project for a cable TV network, the project was what we in the entertainment industry call troubled because, well, for many reasons, some of them I have to confess my fault, the creative direction of the TV series and the process of writing and developing more scripts was unclear. I wanted to take the series in a certain direction. The network wanted something slightly different. The star wanted something greatly different, i.e. more of him and less of every other person. And one of the other producers insisted on being the go-between among all the parties, which guaranteed that no one ever knew what anyone else was thinking. So I did the last thing anyone really wants to do in Hollywood. I took action. I call the network executive directly to ask her what exactly she was thinking and to tell her what exactly I was thinking in the frankest way that minimally acceptable business politeness standards would allow. But she never called me back. Which for a good 24-hour period convinced me that I was about to be fired. Unfortunately for me, it was she who was fired. Her boss, I guess, blamed her for the confusing factionalism of the production rather than the true culprit who was that one rogue producer. And I was left to struggle with a meddling, know-nothing producer and a clinically insane star for the next several months until the enthusiasm and the money for the project had dwindled away. Now, this executive and I have met many times since in much happier circumstances, and the lesson is this. In show business, you're going to get fired from something eventually. And you're going to fire somebody from something eventually. But here's the big act to reveal. The two of you are definitely going to meet again for something else eventually. So whether you've just been laid off or are about to lay someone off, my advice is do it as nice as possible. Because if you live and work in Hollywood long enough, two things are going to happen. Someone's going to rear-end your car. And you're going to leave a certain amount of broken glass behind you. I mean, there are going to be people with whom you never want to work again, but there really are only two kinds of enemies you have in show business. Well, I mean, three, but let's be honest, for people in the entertainment industry, an enemy is just someone who does exactly what you do, but much more successfully. But there are two more specific kinds. The first are the actual enemies with whom you exchange threats and bad words. In many ways, these are the best kind to have because everyone knows where everyone stands. Everyone had their dramatic scene. Nothing was left unsaid or festering. 
It's the other kind that are dangerous because those are the secret enemies, people you just didn't like or who didn't like you, but you work together and then as show business goes, whatever project you were working on just came to an end and you never really had it out. You never spoke your piece or had a piece spoken to you. You just swallowed the sourness and moved on to the next gig. Maybe you were replaced on a project. Maybe you dissed an executive. Whatever happened, it, it's broken glass. As nice and as lovely as I am to work with and to know, even I have some pieces of broken glass in my wake. And because this really is a kind of a tiny, toxic village, I see those people a lot in TV network lobbies, walking along the studio sound stages, behind me in a restaurant booth. People in show business, you see, they don't move to other cities. They just move to other projects. You're going to see them again and again. And I never know what to do. Do I say hello? Hi, we hate each other. That seems like a lot of effort. Do I suddenly become engrossed in my phone? Now, a friend of mine had a similar problem. An executive he worked with on a project had let it be known, never directly, of course, that they were blood enemies. He was banned from that executive's world. His agent told him, hey, this relationship needs to get healed, so do whatever it takes. Send a note, send a present. Do what you can, because this fatwa is going to cost you a lot of opportunity. But he had no idea what he did. He really didn't, didn't know what had poisoned the relationship, which is often the case with secret enemies, which is why they're so troublesome. So he didn't do anything until a year later when he was walking into a restaurant and this person was walking out. And before he could busy himself with his phone, he heard his name called out. Hey, how are you? I miss you. Let's get together for lunch. And then he was swept up into a big hug. And that was that. The fatwa over. Oh, yeah, said his agent later when my friend called him to describe the odd events. That executive was fired this morning. Which is probably the most foolproof way in Hollywood anyway, but probably everywhere else, for two enemies to bury the hatchet. One of them, at least, needs to be pursuing other opportunities. And luckily in show business, this happens all the time. And that's it for this week. Next week, we get too old. For The Ankler, this is Rob Long with Martini Shot.